Hello and welcome to the Where's Amanda podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. I'm a music festival junkie who quit my job to travel the world one music festival at a time. Now I'm in your ear every week talking about music, festivals, travel, and just a little bit of life. Today on the podcast, we have Pooja. She is a member of Festival Addicts and pretty involved in the festival scene. She did this crazy thing at Electric Forest last year that I cannot wait to tell you guys all about. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Perfect. Everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Where's Amanda podcast. I have a very awesome guest today. If you guys are tuning in live, please drop your city. I see we got LA and Jamaica. Like, let's see where else you guys are at. And without further ado, I would love to introduce Pooja. Did I say that right? Because like, correct. Yeah. All right. So where where are you dialing in from? I don't even think I know where you live, to be honest. I'm dialing in from downtown LA. I just moved from the Bay Area where I, like you, did a long stay in corporate consulting. And then in the last six months, left that. And now I'm kind of doing this full time. Heck yes. Amazing. So, okay. So did you grow up in California? Yeah. Whole life. Okay. What parts? I'm from Sacramento. Okay. I grew up, I was born and raised in the Bay. And then I moved every like three to four years all around, um, mm-hmm. like Oakland, San Leandro, Vallejo. I went to Berkeley for undergrad. Um, and then I did high school in LA cause my parents relocated there and I'm back here now just to be mm-hmm. closer to them. And that's kind of amazing. I, when people can't figure out where Sacramento is, I just tell them from the, I'm from the Bay because it's just like way cooler and just like Bay Area culture. It's a very neat culture that a lot of people don't know about it. Like it's got its Sacramento. own music scene. <laughs> Bay Area, like oh yeah, the Bay Area for sure. Like hyphy music and all that kind of stuff. Music. I grew up yeah. with that too. <laughs> exactly. And I didn't know the rest of the world didn't know it until I went to school in South Carolina for college. Oh, okay. Very huge, interesting awakening to like how different California was. But awesome. So, what are you doing now exactly? So, you were in corporate America. You know how that life is. What made you decide to take the leap and make a change? Um, I think the flexibility for sure. Um, But more so, I have like a really big passion for access control. Um, I'm like a nerd when it comes to security and festivals and figuring out kind of like who should be there and why and how to act like maximize the guest experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of taking my background in consulting and security and access, yeah. I want to go more into that space. So you'll um, love this. I was just, um, management. did you ever, I'm blanking on his name. It was a university in the South, like university of Arkansas, or I mean, I think it was Mississippi actually. Mm-hmm. And he is like hosting this huge festival security conference in March and it's like the first one of its kind because festival festival security I'll send it to you but like I interviewed him for X Live because we were like creating those like content for videos and he was telling me about how like festival security like isn't thought about as much Mm-mm. as we think it is no. which is like wild because you think especially you know after the shooting and all that kind of stuff that it would be like top of mind but it, it really isn't so I think it's it's a really interesting field to get into right now. Yeah. Um, especially like you'd be surprised you're dealing with some of the world's like highest net worth individuals, right? Some of these artists. Um, and then even just like people, right? Like you said, the shooting, everything from like security to where sh- people should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but like also just having a pleasurable experience. Like no one wants to wait in like a bad security line mm-hmm. that like for the purpose of just waiting in the line, especially if it doesn't mitigate any risk. And so like I come from risk consulting. 
Um, I'm all about like risk mitigation, both from like a safety and security perspective, but also just like efficiency of time and like guest experience. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely like a happy medium in there somewhere. Yeah, that's so cool that you've been able to kind of find from your corporate job something that relates here because I did risk and compliance, but it was in the financial space. So it was more like mm. anti-money laundering, like home loan regulations, like not yeah, quite yeah. as applicable. But that's cool that you've been able to kind of find something. So are you doing freelance work for festivals? Are you doing like security audits? Like how, how is that kind of- Kind of like a mix of doing freelance work. And then I'm also just kind of figuring out like who and what I am as a brand and an influencer. Um, because I think there's a lot of really good models for girls in the fashion space. Um, and then there's like a lot of good models for gamer girls. And don't get me wrong, like I love the gaming space and I'm, I'm a huge gamer myself. I'm not anywhere near like good enough to be at the level that some of these content creators are. But there's not a lot of people in that mix of the middle, right? Completely. Of like, you're sort of like the yeah. tech, but you're not the gamer mm-hmm. um, kind of vibe of like, you know, like I nerd out over lasers. I nerd, I nerd out over like how good, like I went to Tomorrowland and the logistical, the way they do it is there's a lot of one-way pass because it's like a huge, big festival with people from all cultures from all over, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't have just like giant English signs that say like, yes or no. You have to have like kind of clear paths. Yeah, and to like, me, like an arrow really almost. That. So what do so they have? I've never been to Tomorrowland. What do they, yeah. what do they have? So they like, everything is kind of one way on a, like one way, right? And then there's yeah. some intersections to let you go the other way. But once you're one way, you're one way. And I think that helps a lot with safety and like kind of like people who are intoxicated, uh, making yeah. sure everyone's walking either in the same direction. And they don't let you just like stand there. You have to keep walking. And that's oh, the other thing I really like too, is there's like clear areas of where you could just like stand and hang out and enjoy music or like walkways where everyone's moving kind of at the same good steady pace. I never even would have thought of that. Like something so simple as just having it be a one way when you have all these people speaking different languages like that. Yeah. That's- signage. Things like that. I did the global journey and I, um, they have like a global journey pop-up tent right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that the purpose of doing that, the purpose of paying for global journey is really you have a, a concierge that can speak any language, right? Oh, like, wow. so whatever I needed, like, and there are people from all over like Japan, um, like Spain, I- India, like Mexico, and they're able, there's somebody there that speaks pretty much every language for whatever you need. Like, can I get the newspaper or where's the showers or yeah. things like that. Yeah, so they're really kind of what you're talking about earlier, like catering to the user experience while also keeping like safety at the top of mind and like keeping lines down and stuff. That's that's really cool. Yeah. I didn't realize it about Tomorrowland. I just want to go because it's just like one of the coolest productions. You know, they make the best after movie. So for me, yeah. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. But like then I'm thinking because it's in Belgium, right? Yeah, I went specifically for like the to see like what the the epitome people in my industry say like the epitome or the queen of like what logistical sense looks like yeah um, much like Disneyland they consider like the people who work there to be cast members mm. um because everyone's like dressed up or within the Tomorrowland theatrical theme mm. so they have a very good secondary like every fence has secondary fencing so if the cast can have their own walkways to things to get mm. from A to B quickly if there's a malfunction or if there's an issue, um, like it's, it's logistical perfection almost. And it, it, like, I went there and I enjoyed the music and I enjoyed, you know, partying there, but more so like the nerd in me loved it. Yeah. You're like, let's, let's do all this. So how does that compare to some fest? And if you don't want to call out certain festivals, we don't have to, but like comparing yeah. it to festivals in the U S like how, what was like the differences that you noticed? Um, I think, so I didn't do, usually I do in the U S like VIP experiences because I like to be able to compare kind of across the board, 
um, to me, the two things that make a festival go from like, oh, this was a nice event to I'm going back every year mm -hmm. are the activations and the sponsorships because okay. the lineup you can't predict, right? Like if you're mm -hmm. a lineup person, then you're always going to be like the music. I'm going to follow the music. Right. Yep. But, um, why do people go back to forest every year? Mm -hmm. Why do people go back to Tomorrowland every year? Right. It's a mix of the activations and the sponsored events. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think in the U.S., there's not that much immersion, aside from Insomniac as a brand, to really yeah. recreate a space of like, wow, I feel transformed to another world, planet, wherever I'm going. I think Insomniac is one of the few brands that does that, where they try to create transformative spaces. Yeah. And then you get like lightning in a bottle, burning man, kind of where the camps individually will do that. Mm -hmm. But the whole festival is not like an immersive, like, you know, you're in the playa. You know, you're in yeah. Bakersfield. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think. Um, like Tomorrowland and some of these other European festivals do a good job of just taking a combined space and really make it a, making it a transformative space. I think Completely. the reason they can do that though is because they have set build times of over a month. In the U.S., that's just like not common. You can't rent out venues unless yeah. you're in Tomorrowland. They do do that actually. Or, or you're like Bonnery the farm. I actually wrote an article that I'll have to send you because you'll, you'll love to nerd on on this as yes. well. It was Ainsley experiences at festivals and why they're so important. And Bonnery actually dug itself out of a hole by improving the festival grounds and making all of their campsites. Like they had this new place called where in the woods that was basically like a mini electric forest. Uh, but yeah, I wrote this I article before this happened, but basically like Bonnery in like 2016, it's like it's uh, population cut in half. It was at like 40,000 in ticket sales. And at its peak, it was at 90,000. And, you know, half of it, we could say it's lineup. But ever since then, since Live Nation took over, they've been investing in so many of these ancillary experiences. So you have pizza rolls at 11 p.m. right next to the... Um, Christmas barn, which like the Christmas barn is like the two guys supposedly when yeah. they were having the festival, they were at some bar in New Orleans that was Christmas themed. And so this whole like barn that they have there, that's literally like Christmas lights and snow and like giant sand, like so like your grandma's house would have looked like, like it's a like an homage to that. Yeah. Yeah. So like they have all these cool things and then they have all of these campsites that I, I'm blanking on what they call them. They're not campsites, but like house of yes owns like a pod basically. And yeah. they have a barn there because it's called the farm. So there's all these barns that everywhere but they have one there and they did like the pride parade this year and they have all these other things outside of the lineup that you're gonna get a population of people going to because they want to go to that experience every year yeah and I think the other thing that like what it sounds like Bonnery does on Forest does this um is like getting the getting people who attend experiences involved in curating how you can make the experience better, right? So like yes, I want you to talk about what you did at Forest. That yeah, after you, so yes. what Forest yes. did, uh, Forest does competitions. And I don't, I don't know why every festival doesn't just do this, right? Where mm -hmm. it's just, you get free content from curators who want to get involved and plugged into your program to use it as kind of leverage for their own brand, but also just to have fun and be creative, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so this, uh, every year, Electric Forest has uh, plug-in programs. And so there's a bunch of them ranging from like, uh, her forest female only camping to electric forces, which is like for military and vets camping. Um, so one they have is for like wannabe uh, event curators and in the chapel in the daytime, people get married, but at night they don't do anything with it. So they throw, they let people kind of throw ideas out there for what parties should be in the chapel at night since people aren't getting married there. So this year I applied with the idea of doing um, pillow fight club because my boyfriend has a fight club tattoo and I actually Ooh. hate violence. One of my least favorite movies ever and I was like fight oh, club, that's dumb. <laughs> fight club. and then he was like that's a good idea and then like I just kind of shot it with that idea and I was like we yeah. should do a pillow fight of course they loved it 
they funded it and it was kind of from there like I got to work with um Forrest's people and you know some of my own friends to make it as big as I wanted to yeah. make it so I got a brand involved in sponsoring it just for fun um kind of really to put myself out there as like a first time like if I was throwing my own festival what would I be doing yeah I was so sad I was literally like 20 minutes late to the start time of the pillow fight and it was packed like there was yeah. so many people in there that I like walked up and I was like I, I can't handle this right now <laughs> like it's a lot gotta, it was a lot I gotta walk away even I had a even I struggled like I couldn't stay in there I like spent a lot of time in the back just kind of like walking around and like people not knowing who I am like that's okay I don't care like I just want to throw cool fun experiences yeah. um and just like gauging how people were reacting or what they would do different or you know making it a good learning experience for me and it was only an hour or so Exactly. I might have even been late. I might have just missed it completely, but I did try. I, it was on my list of things to do. It was I packed. Say, I will say too, you did a great job of, I think, activating networks. And yeah. I think in the festival space, a lot of people don't realize like in the background, some of these networks like the festival passport. And now I don't know if the insomniac passport has the same yeah. kind of group chats and stuff like that, but yeah, kind of talk about that a little bit too. Yeah. So I think it's really important kind of for everybody to find their own community in the space, whether it be like you're bonded by something tangible, like gender or race or sexual orientation or something like that, or you're just bonded by the fact that you guys like the same music or, you know, you're forest fam or forest friends or for the passport fams, it's we're bonded by a shopping purchase, you know, mm -hmm. find a group of people that you kind of like are connected with for whatever reason. Um, and then kind of inspire them to be the best versions of them. Hopefully they inspire you to be the best version of you. And then it's a good way to cross promote when you have stuff going on, right? Because everybody mm -hmm. wants to get involved when people have things going on. It's only good for our industry, right? Is like 100%. the better everyone does, the better it is for everyone. It's, it shouldn't be competitive. If anything, it should be collaborative because we're all trying to bring the EDM space into the mainstream. That's 100%. I think it's yeah. what you just build a bigger table, like, you just make it longer. Yeah. You just make it bigger. There's plenty of food. There's plenty of food at the table. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's like silly for us not to support. Networks. Um, so activating those kind of networks has been helpful and like just helping me self-promote or helping me cross-promote with other people. And I, I'll promote anyone else like till the cows come home too. I don't mind. It's all about us reaching that ultimate goal of really making it. Whatever that is for everyone, you know? A hundred percent. So you kind of mentioned like, event producer, being an influencer, like, I mean, it could be all of the above, but like, what is kind of the big goal that you're reaching for right now? I really want to be like, if I could build a brand, it would be like the queen of access control, right? Like I, and I, like I'm studying for licenses after licenses, like to do okay. this too. Like I have a bunch of IT licenses. That's not just necessarily like, I've kind of out there. Like I love being an IT nerd and that's a big part of my brand that people mm -hmm. don't always see too. Um, but I think like that would be my ultimate dream is for like a festival to say like, we need this girl involved because she knows and thinks like the attendee and like the producer and like the content curator. Like I can think about it from multiple perspectives because I have my background and because I'm an IT person. That would be like my ultimate goal. I love that. That's so, that's so sick. Um, because we haven't touched on it as much. I want to dive a little bit more into VIP experiences because I know you've been to a ton of festivals. Um, yeah. Are you comfortable with like ranking some of the top ones or talking about what makes it a good one? Like what separates a VIP experience from another one? Yeah, I think the idea that is what separates the VIP experience to me from another one is that you don't want to leave the VIP experience. And then everybody mm -hmm. who's not in the VIP experience mm -hmm. feels on some level they've missed out on something that mm -hmm. is worth upgrading for next year, but not so much so where they wouldn't attend the festival again because it's like, mm -hmm. oh, it's only good if you have VIP, right? You yeah. want to hit that yeah. sweet spot. 
um, Tomorrowland, really good job of like, you know, it's already a crazy festival as GA. Yeah. So you don't feel like you missed that much if you didn't have VIP. But if you had VIP, you know, the hot tubs and the just giant viewing screens, you know, and things like that, they're a nice benefit. But mm -hmm. I don't feel like they're like needed to mm -hmm. make your Tomorrowland experience per se. Yeah, because um, me personally, I, I mean, I get media, but sometimes, you know, media will just be you know, like, always. yeah, yeah, it's like the yeah. same. And like my friends are not quite at the point to where they do VIP at festivals. So like, yeah, oftentimes we're just like not experiencing it because it just, it doesn't seem worth it. Like maybe at like EDC Las Vegas, because the line is cut in half, like certain things right. like that stand out for me. But I like, but the viewing spaces are on the side. Like, I, right. I don't know. I just never really so found the like worth. Other big, to me, the biggest benefits is if you can get good sponsored activations in VIP to mm -hmm. give away like free stuff or free mm -hmm. benefits, that's kind of a big kicker, right? So for EDC, yeah. kind of one of the biggest benefits to the VIP is you can get your hair done, like braids, mm -hmm. curls, like anything for free. So people will go in super early just to get like glammed out and then they'll leave, go back to camping, put their clothes on. It's like having a free hairstylist almost. Oh, interesting. I, I did not know that. Is it really crowded or if you go early, it's like- I waited, I waited, I went when it was at the peak and it was 45 minutes at peak. And my boyfriend got a haircut. Like Devin really wanted a free haircut. So <laughs> um, that's part oh, of the- I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. I had no idea. Yeah, I went to a Capitol Hill block party and they had a taco dinner every night at six. That's cool. VIPs. And that I was all about. Cause then you're also like saving, cause it's also like money sometimes. Like if I can get, like they gave us two drink tickets and yeah. free dinner every night. And like that to me was like worth the upgrade to not have to worry about that. Right. So like things like Shaq's Funhouse, some, some like uh, that's coming up, that'll be all inclusive for everybody. But like some VIP experiences are worth it to people. If it's all inclusive for VIP, then it's like, I'm paying a hundred more dollars, but I know myself as a consumer, what I would be consuming will make yeah. the difference. Yeah. Um, especially if you eat or drink a lot for someone like me, I'm not really much of a drinker. I'm not much of an eater um, either. I'm not like a foodie, but okay. I like um, more. So I like the space. Um, the type of crowd you'll get in VIP is a little bit older, a little bit mm -hmm. like, more risk. I don't know. Um, you can also sure. just, it's easier to find your friends if your friends all have VIP. Mm. But I think one trend in the industry that maybe we might see is, you know, Fest Live Nation of the Festival Passport, um, which like the economics of definitely factored into why that never stayed. Um, the Insomniac Passport is definitely a lot more economically viable on a more Netflix type subscription basis because we're paying monthly. It's not like mm. we're paying. So it, they, they're incentivized to give us good service because we're paying on a monthly basis and we'll leave. If, oh, interesting. I didn't know that right? about it. And so, but the other big benefit is it makes the VIP experience very affordable for us, actually. Mm. So you can do a VIP passport or you can upgrade any of your tickets for $20 more to VIP. Like, so EDC goes, like, yeah. right? everyone's doing VIP for EDC because it's only $20 more. Or yeah, sorry, 100%. For that, $20 a day, so 60 But still, like, right. you're already um, paying so for the subscription, so you might as well, like. Right. And it's it, that one, like that's a $900 value ticket. Um, so if we see other companies like Golden Voice um, and other festival producers like, you know, Donnie Disco, V2 Presents, USC, they have events every quarter, right? Yeah. We might see more of them pop up with these kinds of passport programs. I imagine that they'll end up doing, like the VIP will be more of like a loyalty thing because it'll be mm -hmm. a savings for people who go every, every quarter because they're locals. Completely. And just looking at the live chat right now, I see a lot of Passport fam checking in. Hey guys. What's up guys? Uh, so I think this is also a huge marketing community like yeah. thing that festivals are missing out on because that's 
that's what we want. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yes, money is like a big part of it, but like, I just don't think they realized when they created the Live Nation passport, like the community. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like me and Tello from the group, like we literally went to Costa Rica last year together, like without even the passport being a thing anymore. He's one of my like best friends now. And I would have never met him without the passport. Right. And even with you, because me and Amanda both had the passport and we never actually connected during the program, but we never would have, I think had the program not existed, we probably never would have connected. And for me, like I feel organically less anxious in meeting people or connecting with people when I know they were part of this like same journey that I went on in their own weird parallel way. <laughs> like they were crazy enough to do over like 20 festivals in a year. The year two. Yeah, they, they must have been like somewhat like me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when the Insomniac Passport started, they actually created no sort of social media, nothing. Mm. But I had like known from the Festival Passport how important and magical like from a personal and professional level, mm-hmm. um, the community was. So um, there were a couple other members that started a Facebook group, but then we, like, once I got invited, mm-hmm. I guess, like, me and a couple other people got involved in really growing that Facebook group, um, having people travel together. Like, a lot of people booked frontier flights to EDCO um, from California to Orlando, less than $100 round trip, and they could never afford to go to EDCO had it not been, like, you know, for the passport and yeah. the community. Um, and you guys so have like a lounge at all of the festivals, right? Yeah, we get a lounge at all the major festivals. So EDC Vegas, EDCO, um, Beyond Escape, and Countdown, and Hard. What's in those lounges? Like, what's it like? Yeah, um, so there's a discounted bar. So that's one big benefit is the bar is cheaper inside. Um, we get DJ meet and greets. Um, oh. So like, that's nice. They'll do like secret sets and private sets in there. Um, sometimes, so Cynthia and I, Cynthia is my kind of co-admin or partner in crime, work with Insomniac. Yeah, I think she's, I think she's been in the live chat a little bit. Hey girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, she and I will like help plan games. So we did a fashion show for Escape. Um, we're going to do something for Beyond too, where it's like people can win chances for tickets to other events because, um, that's what Insomniac wants to do is like Mm -hmm. give out tickets for prizes. Um, and did you guys approach Insomniac or did they approach you about making it? It was kind of both. I met Pascal once at like, I was staying at the same hotel as him and we had breakfast together for two hours. So I became memorable because breakfast hotel, right? And he had picked my brain a little bit about FestPass. So then when I got invited to Insomniac Passport, um, Cynthia reached out to Pascal about doing a meet and greet for members. And then he remembered, kind of remembered me and he was like, oh, you two, like you two are running the community piece. And then he connected us with the team to kind of put on things and be the Q&A or the check-in. Um, yeah. because they don't have a huge customer service team. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. Like it just goes to show like shoot your shot, put yeah. some work in with like out even expecting something of it. Like you guys probably just wanted to be admins because you were invested in creating the community. This community, yeah. Yeah, and now it's like official. Like I think when you have good intentions from the beginning and you go into things for the right reasons, like yeah. that's when they grow. It may not happen overnight, but it, it's like growing and now you're like official with Insomniac. Like that's amazing. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> we're working on it. That's the yeah. plan. Exactly. Yeah. But the seeds are getting planted. That's, that's Yeah, the seeds are getting planted and we get to work with them on like activations. We have their blessing they know everything we're doing like the Instagram and the Facebook groups like nothing goes on without them knowing so yeah but like you planted your seeds it's not like you're Pascal's cousin you know what I mean like it's not like you guys had this like super you know you have like 100k on Instagram like that's how you got in like you can get in from how wherever you're at right now Mm -hmm. awesome I think it's just about like shooting a shot 
that's like my theme for 2020 is like everybody just go shoot their shot like if it doesn't work out we'll figure out the next one <laughs> like well amazing is there anything else that we haven't covered that you wanted to bring up i want to hear your favorite sponsored activity that you've seen um like i know you mentioned the renegade pop-up set like bonnaroo um and i hear bonnaroo has like a lot of co like cool sponsored stuff like holman's out there and you know a couple other yeah. cool brands are out there but any Bonner favorite has over the past few years probably like if you go on their sponsorship page they've probably tripled if not quadrupled their sponsorships and like a lot mm -hmm. of people can get mad because they're like oh it's corporate but like if tostino pizza rolls wants to give me pizza free, free food pizza, yeah from yeah. 11 p.m to 1 a.m like i'm okay with it uh state right. farm used to have like their air conditioned thing i actually missed it one year but lg not this year but the year before actually set up a laundromat where That's you could go and get all your clothes washed. Which like for me, when I was doing consulting, like I literally flew from Nashville yeah. for a project, like took the shuttle and Monday went morning. camping. Yeah, from camping to the fact, like luckily I had a day in my hotel, but like had I been able to wash my clothes, like that would have been so nice. And apparently like you could have gone, I just never looked for it. Cause you know when you get like involved in a festival and you're like, oh. But I think Coachella honestly has some of the coolest activations. Like HP with the dome and just like all the tech that you get to see. Like um, they have this like cave that you could go in and people were doing secret sets all the time. Like, and it was like a 50 person cave is what I'll call it. So it was like really intimate, you know what I mean? Um, I'm trying to think of like who who else? Like I haven't done Coachella yet, but I know Coachella has like a lot of um, ancillary activations like outside of the festival too. Um, Amex has their pop-up lounge and a couple other people have like pop-up things. Literally so Coachella- even if you're not going to a festival. Coachella is like- Look around. It's the brand and influencer Olympics. Like yeah. every brain wants to be at Coachella, but also like engagement on posts that have to do with Coachella and just like the SEO around that festival, like is insane because that's what the world sees as like an American festival. You know what I yeah. mean? Like people in Australia may not know what Bonnaroo is, but like they know what Coachella is. Coachella is so yeah. Coachella just attracts so much more and like HP, I can only imagine how much they're putting in because it's, it's literally a massive dome that 150 people sit in and you get a full immersive like, wow. like experience and it's air conditioned, which is amazing. There's bean bags. Like every year they do something with an artist. So like Odessa did it one year, Rufus did it last year. And it's, it's really freaking cool. That giant rainbow tower mm -hmm. that you see in all the pictures, that was an yeah. activation by HP. Ah, I yeah. haven't been to Coachella. It's kind of funny because I think part of the reason Coachella is so popular is because, like you said, it's what the world sees in, as an American festival. But also for a lot of people who start this lifestyle young, it is the first festival. Mm -hmm. It is like the first festival. Because they're mostly from California. Yeah. Um, so it also makes sense that like for companies to want to get involved because it's the, everyone's kind of first experience in this lifestyle. Exactly. Um, I just happened to not start on the Coachella and I happened to start on the EDM end. And like, that's a big part too, though. It's like, you get both. A hundred percent. I started on the counterpoints, so like EDM and like the South, you know what I mean? Which yeah. were you like EDC to start? Yeah. So it's like yeah. wherever you serve. And now that I work in the industry, like Coachella is just so big for brand deals and connections yeah. and like everybody's there, you know what I mean? So yeah. some of those ones were like, I'll always probably go just because not going I'd be like missing out missing plus, out. plus yeah. now I've gone like I think this will be my sixth time going so no it'd be my fifth that'd be my fifth so I've two yeah, years I've gone both weekends what 
but I'm also local. So hopefully it depends on if I go to the festival or not, but at least I'm able to take advantage of kind of what's going on around here. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, like last year, the first weekend I literally just went to parties. Yeah. I just like went to all the parties and the after parties and it's like insane. Yeah. I went, then I went last week too. Um, there was a festival by Land Rover out there, four by far. Um, so that space gets used kind of all year for like all sorts of different things. And the Land Rover Festival was like pretty much a giant sponsored, like I think it might be the future of car buying. That's what people were saying. Is that like in the Go future people might buy a car? Well, it's more like you're buying a, like the time to buy a car should be a fun experience. Like you're spending a lot of money, right? So like why not like make it where you bring your friends and like there's live music playing and you have some beers and like have some food and you get to test drive a bunch of different cars before you go home with the one you want. Like if that's the experience, if you know you're going to buy a Land Rover, yeah. then like why not make it a fun experience for the whole family with like food and music and like test drive all the cars first to see what you like, you know? Well, and I think that just brings up the whole fact of so brands that was really growing cool. their own festival. Like different festival. But now Amazon is hosting their own, yeah. or are they just hosting Amazon it in Vegas? Did it. Like, and Black Coffee, like I think she's a techno yeah. artist. She was like, I'm not going to play because Amazon is doing it. So it's like, where do we draw the line of being like, Oh yeah, Black Ooh. Madonna. Black Madonna, there we go. Yeah. Of being like, oh, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't want, you know, that, this brand to sponsor it. Amazon. Time. Like the festival might not have even happened without that funding. So it's like, right. So it's interesting. We covered on Festival Addicts, and I run a podcast with some friends, Festival Addicts, because um, it's kind of a nice unifying tie, brand tie for all of us, really, because that's what we all are as Festival Addicts. Um, and so we we kind of covered that festival for Festival Addicts. We got press for it. Um, and I so I attended with my boyfriend. It was really good for, like, a first-time festival. Mm-hmm. Two artists dropped out, JPEG Mafia and Black Madonna, because of the ties with Amazon. And they said that in their contracts, Amazon wasn't even mentioned. But mm-hmm. if you know what AWS is, like, Amazon, AWS is, like, this, where most of the world's data is held. Like, yeah. Facebook uses AWS, Google, everybody uses, maybe mm-hmm. not Google, but mostly everyone uses AWS. Um, instead of, like, physical servers anymore. Like, they don't own it. They just... Like all your Facebook chats, all that stuff is retained in AWS. Um, so what AWS also retains is the Department of Justice's list of ICE deportations of like mm. people to deport out of the United States because they're not allowed to be here. So um, there's artists that are signing this agreement, like no music for ICE. That's the group. Um, and that they're not working with Amazon at all because they don't want to fund this like deportation machine. Um, so they won't put their music out on Amazon. They won't put their products out on Amazon, including their own merch. Um, they won't per, like work on work at Amazon festivals. Um, and then after we attended this event, after we attended Intersect and we did our podcast and our review, we got hit up by kind of two or three different um, agencies that were talking about like, hey, if you're going to publish on behalf of Intersect, can you please publish our perspective of why you shouldn't support this festival? So there's actually a lot of big groups um, out there that didn't want Amazon to enter the music space, whether it was because they were defunding the deportation machine or because they just don't want big money in music. Um, wow. but, you know, that's, yeah. That's super interesting. That I did not know all of that. I was actually yeah, talking to my friend the other went. day about why a lot of artists merch isn't on Amazon because it, like you think it would make sense. Like it's just another avenue for them to yeah. distribute, but now I totally get it. We went, uh, overall though, I, it was one of my top festivals last year. Honestly, it was really unique. I don't think a first time festival could do what it did without funding from Amazon. And the other thing too, is they had a really socialist pi- like price point because the festival didn't like sell out overnight and nor did it expect to. Um, VIP, VIP, like they have two VIP. 
tickets mm -hmm. were $1,500 and sold out like within the first month, the most expensive tier of VIP. Um, and then like the next VIP was like $500 and then GA started at 169, but then they had student tickets at like 100 for the two days. And then they also mm -hmm. accepted anybody who wanted to do press or media or freelance work. Yeah. So they made it so pretty much anyone who wanted to attend this festival could. Like this they, is intersect in Vegas, right? And it was what yeah. do you remember what month of the year it was? It was in December. It was the first weekend of December, and it was at the end of the Amazon conference replay. Um, oh, so okay. that used to be a private party. Oh, sorry, reinvent. Reinvent was the um, the conference. Okay. So okay. it used to be called replay as like a private party. Now it's yeah. like intersect. And their belief is that every festival should be the intersection of community, music, art, technology, and innovation. Yeah. So and like, for me, that's what I believe in and I loved it they nailed it but also they could have like I just feel like with money you can pay like a consultant team to go and know like with the pricing of the festival with like everybody wants to feel emotions like they totally had right. an emotional appeal to that festival and when you're just a startup festival like it's a little it's a little harder to do that so I think yeah. that they were so successful because of the resources that they were able to pull in. And I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It sucks that they have this whole ice thing going on, but right. it still sounds like a festival that was doing all the right things and the things that we want to see from future events. I think where they missed is they didn't try to have like people, they didn't use normal people. They didn't use influencers. They didn't use like their artists. They didn't use anything other than the Amazon brand to really showcase like this festival. It didn't feel personal. It felt yeah. like very. Did it feel money, empty, like there, like, or do you feel like it's so? Sold they did a lot of really good, interesting strategies to make it look more full than it was, and I noticed mm -hmm. all of them. So, like, um, it was pretty empty. All of there was large indoor domes, so it would feel empty outside because everybody's in the indoor dome. Like, you couldn't tell where everybody was. It never felt crowded anywhere because all the spaces are very, very like blocked off indoors. You're um, and it's cold outside. Yeah. Totally. Um. But even inside, like they have huge indoor domes and where they put like the back media, um, you know, like where they're filming straight ahead is like uh -huh. in a strategic location where they created this box effect in the front. So that way the artists couldn't see behind the media booth in the back middle. So they couldn't see how empty it was in the back. So to, from an artist perspective, it looked packed. And if you looked at the pictures, they did yeah. a really good job of creating this packed effect because they like, yeah, it was. I mean, like, somebody it, thought of it. Like somebody thought of everything. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah, the, it was really good, well-produced. Like I was blown away at how well-produced it was. Every little thing was done right and for a reason. Um, but the other thing I liked is that they had a really big, big focus on women, women mm -hmm. in technology, the drone, they had, they had two drone shows, both were run by women. Um, there were mostly women on the lineup, uh, Casey Musgraves, Toki Monsta. Um, yeah. And then they had even things like nursing stations, nursing rooms, like oh, things like cool. that to that. make it like, very women friendly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I was like, just doing um, kind of like a breakdown of lineups and uh, there's this Instagram called Book More Women and it yeah. was going through and it gives you like percentages of women on lineups. So it's like it's always really super small. interesting to see. Yeah, like GovBall, 42%. Amazing. Go GovBall. Most yeah. festivals, 22%, like if we're lucky. So I'd be curious to see. They probably have intersex on there. I'd be curious to see like what there was, but it was probably yeah. really high. I mean, you just literally have to be at 30% to even be paving the way in the industry, <laughs> which is sad. Right. And you think of like some of the biggest names in music are women, yeah. you know? It's not that, like GovBall's lineup just shows it's not that hard. Like they have a whole line. It's all women. That's like up towards the front. And it's just like, 
I don't know. I just don't think it's that hard. You just have to get more creative and book outside of the norm. You know what I mean? I also do think that we could argue like, especially on the Coachella lineup, like some of the headliners versus some of like the lower tiered people. Like to me, Lana Del Rey, like she should be headlining. Like just. Right. She's not an undercard to me. Yeah, completely. Like, I think Frank Ocean's earned his spot. Like, Travis Scott, I'm sorry, you're not, like, you're not a headliner over Lana Del Rey to me, but maybe that's no. just because, like, I don't understand the young kids in their rap, and that's okay. <laughs> right. And that's, like, a whole nother, like, level of industry politics that, like, is complicated, right? It's, like, these, who's on the undercard, who's on the, the headliner spot. Um, there's a lot of politics and money in that. There's a reason My Chemical Romance isn't on the lineup formally at all. It's emo night. Mm-hmm. um like all this stuff is like for a very orchestrated reason plus when you start getting into things like um radius clauses and like mm-hmm. how that affects when you can release certain things it yeah that's like a whole other topic for another game. time i'm sure yeah. we're gonna do this again since we seem like we have plenty to talk about but yeah, on that whole other topic I am going to wrap it up because we would probably start to lose people's attention spans but this has been awesome when is your next festival or event um I'm not entirely sure I just did four by four. oh I'm going to Miami for the Super Bowl I'm doing Gronk's uh yes, Gronk's, Gronk Beach and my house. so I will be in Miami in two weeks amazing and then so please tell everybody your Instagram where they can find you connect with you if Instagram's yeah. not your thing where else they can find you thanks um so I'm Pooja underscore shenanigans on Instagram and especially if you're following me on Instagram then like make sure to hit the follow button. Um, but also I run a podcast with some of the other people in FestPass. So you can follow us um, on any social media at Festival Addicts 247. Um, there's memes, there's free ticket announcements, there's tons of cool, fun stuff. So follow there to find all of that. Amazing. Thanks, Thank you so much and have a great rest of your night. Thanks, Thanks again for having me. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, send this to a friend. If you really, really liked it and are listening on Apple Podcasts, then please leave me a five-star review. If you want to leave me less something less than five, message me. Don't leave a review. I'd love to fix this podcast and make this a five-star in your mind. Also, if you're listening on Spotify or any other podcasting app, please hit follow or subscribe. It really helps others find me. Thank you so much and have a wonderful life.